It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for usually making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms, and that usually includes YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail. You can follow Doug Branson on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. And you can follow the show handle on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. I say usually because, one, I'm not going to get mad at you if you don't make us your first listen this week because we have been releasing these things later. And I know how y'all are. Like, I get it. Y'all got to listen to your other podcasts, so I'm not mad. I don't know if you cared or not, but that's cool. I totally get it. I've been releasing them later. I've been a one-man band, and that's why I'm also not going to be releasing a YouTube video today. There's just a lot going on. You know, if I'm going to be the one-man band while Doug Branson does stuff for the higher-ups at the Lockdown Podcast Network, he's traveling. He's in Minnesota right now. And so I guess it's a little hard for him to do this show, do everything he needs to do for the Lockdown Podcast Network. And so now it's just left me trying to play all of these different instruments, and it's really hard. And sometimes you just got to make that decision. I had a couple of guests that I was supposed to get on. I had one. And then just didn't work out because they're crazy busy. So then I had to pivot to a different guest. They're busy as well. And so I couldn't get a guest on. Nobody was saying, yeah, Walker, I'll talk some Hornets with you. We got a lot to talk about. And I didn't give you a show Friday. I didn't give you a show on Monday. And I apologize. I didn't want to do that again to you. I'd already promised some people we are going to release content every single day this week. It was close. I thought about putting a tweet out there saying we're just not going to be able to do anything but I can't do that to you all again. I apologize for this week. It's been a weird one just because Doug has been off so long, and he is the guy behind the scenes on all of this, as I've mentioned, right? He is the producer. He, uh, His equipment that he has at his, at his crib is pretty amazing. Like, you've seen it if you've watched us on YouTube where he has this, like, soundboard where he has, uh, he's got 40 buttons, <laughs> and then you can just press whatever he wants to, and then it comes up immediately. I don't have that luxury. One, even if I had the equipment, I don't know if I knew how to use it. Two, I don't have the equipment. And so I am able to play you some audio from James Brego last night, just giving you the audible medium. It's not like you guys aren't used to this. If you are just OG Lockdown Hornets fans, and you know how much we appreciate you, that's all love, it's all real. And so I appreciate you still bearing with us, really just bearing with me because I've been trying to keep this thing up and running a little bit. I know y'all miss Doug. I miss Doug too. Doug misses y'all. I texted him last night talking about the game a little bit. Maybe I can make it up to you by keeping this podcast a little longer. Maybe you want to come back to it. I know David Locke and the higher-ups are not going to be really happy with me. Like, I'm just kind of making my own pathway here. And if Doug doesn't listen when he's not on, because you know him, the egomaniac that Doug Branson is, he's not going to listen to us, so he's not going to listen to some of the things we're doing, quote-unquote, the wrong way. So I feel like I'm kind of being naughty right now, but I'm still going to give you this content. I appreciate you bearing with us. It's been a hell of a week, and you guys deserve a lot of credit for sticking with us no matter what. We do have a lot to talk about. That's why I didn't want to give you another day without a Locked On Hornets episode. The Charlotte Hornets, they win last night 125-114. to They beat the New York Knicks, making amends for the loss that they had last week. That was bad. They allowed 40 points to that Knicks team in the first quarter. They allowed 31. Not exactly great defense to lead off, but at least it wasn't 40. And the Charlotte Hornets did did not dig themselves this massive hole that they couldn't climb out of. It was another clutch time win. 
close game in the fourth quarter. And then Miles Bridges just decided that he was going to go berserk. 11 of 15 from the field for Miles, 4 of 4 from three point land, attacking windmill dunks off the baseline. There was a fan in the garden giving Miles Bridges the business, and he decided, no, I do this. It was Shaheen Holloway saying, no, 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 we do that. Miles Bridges does that and put 31 points on the Knicks. Six rebounds, three assists, but really it was just his relentless attacking of the basket and the four three-pointers that he hit that allowed the Knicks to win, along with LaMelo's career-high 15 assists being the orchestrator of all good things for the Charlotte Hornets last night. That's the story we need to start with because there's a lot to talk about. We're going to get to Kelly Oubre's great performance. Fantastic to see him see the ball go through the hoop. The bench was really good. P.J. Washington hit clutch time buckets, had a couple of blocks. Everybody had their role in some kind of way. But we need to talk about the future of the Charlotte Hornets team because they are growing at a rapid pace. And we've seen that happen really ever since the start of that five-game win streak against the New Orleans Pelicans. LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, those are the guys that are going to take the Charlotte Hornets team towards the next era to see what kind of success this team can reach. Let's start with LaMelo Ball. After all, it makes sense to start with your future superstar and a guy that's already playing like one, especially with the way that he's been playing here recently. Again, starting with that five-game win streak that began with the New Orleans Pelicans game, you go back to LaMelo's game log, the dude has been controlling basketball games at a higher level since that point. And it's not to say that he wasn't doing it before that game, really. It's just that he's grown, I think, a pretty significant amount. Even if you just want to look at this month in its entirety, but really since the Hornets have been playing better, it's because I think LaMelo is playing better. James Brego spoke after the game how key LaMelo is to that offense and what he provides to get that unit going in order for them to be their best selves. Yeah, he's managing the game at a high level. You know, obviously it starts with the pass. I want him to start that. You know, he really starts and ignites that 39 assists for us. So we trust him. You know, our guys trust him. He's doing a heck of a job moving it. Um, and we're spacing the floor extremely well right now, moving it, sharing it. Guys know where they should be. We're getting great looks, and we left a number on the table too. We probably could have got, you know, 45 there um, on a normal night. But, you know, he's doing a fantastic job on both ends, managing the game, understanding what the game takes, uh, playing at an extremely high level. LaMelo's been phenomenal. He's been good all year long. He was worthy of that all-star appearance, but I really think he's taken that next step into, oh, he's growing right in front of our eyes as the Hornets have been so much better. They rely so much on him, and you could see James Borrego was scared to death to leave him out of the game for too long of a time. I think that's going to show JB's trust more so in LaMelo. It probably did take a little long. Look, we banged on James Borrego for that New York game at the Spectrum Center the most recent time these two teams played before last night. And I think it was deserved. I think JB should have started LaMelo in the fourth or not rested him really until like close to the halfway point. Should have played more. But if you look at the minutes breakdown last night, one, LaMelo actually played less minutes last night against the Knicks in this go-around than he did the previous game. But I'm a lot happier with the coaching decision in the way that This all took place with LaMelo. Like, look at this breakdown. This is how it should look if you want to salvage LaMelo for future games, which I don't have a problem with. 
in the first quarter. He plays up until the 4:16 mark, comes back in at the very end. You have a four-minute rest in the first quarter. He starts the second, plays until 4:27, comes back in with two minutes. So you're talking about a two-and-a-half-minute rest period. Not that long stretches where LaMelo was out of the ballgame. LaMelo plays up until the 5:39 mark in the third period, and then he comes back once you get to the 2:16 mark. Talking about a three-minute break. And then once you get to the fourth quarter, LaMelo comes in, comes back out at 7.45, but then comes right back in, like two-minute rest break, that's it. Borrego saw what was going on without him being on the floor, and he's like, no, we can't do this anymore. And LaMelo had some foul trouble in this one, but guys, look, LaMelo's actually been fouling at a worse rate than he had been. It seemed like he was growing in that area, but he's had at least three fouls in every single one of these last five games. He's had four personal fouls in three of the last five, and he had five total in that Knicks loss that they took, and that's what led to, I think, JB sitting him a little bit, even if he said, no, it was just all about trying to find him a rest because he played most of the second and the third. Point being, I think JB is starting to change his philosophy and how much he plays LaMelo. One, I don't think he has a choice because we saw that the offense just gets a little stagnant with him on the bench, but you're just not seeing him sit for these long stretches right now. And the Hornets are better because of it. I've had my problems with JB, man. Like the rotation and watching JB just take a little longer <laughs> to make these decisions than I want him to. But this is the way that I want LaMelo to be managed. I don't want him running LaMelo into the ground. We don't want him playing for Tom Thibodeau. We don't want any of that. We want him to get some rest, even if he is younger. Because people will say, no, LaMelo's 20 years old, man. Just let him run all over the place and play 48 minutes a game. Man, that's stupid. Don't do that. Protect these guys. I know LaMelo wants to play 48 minutes. That's great. That shows a dog mentality. Sure, that's fantastic. Don't let him do it, though. That's dumb. <laughs> like, you see these guys in AAU just balling constantly year-round, and then a lot of injuries are taking place with younger athletes entering the league because they don't get enough rest as they should. And James Brago is, it has the right idea in those moments. It's just not executed properly enough until, I think, recently. Here's, minute, here's the minutes logged for LaMelo. 37 against New York. 34 against Denver. 37 against Brooklyn. 34 against Utah. 39 against New York, the loss that they had. That's more than the 32-minute per average that he has on the season as a whole. And LaMelo is controlling the game at a higher level. Like, this is the other thing that's great, as I mentioned. LaMelo goes one of eight from three-point land. It's the first time that he did not hit multiple threes in a game since that Boston Celtics loss they experienced on March 9th. But LaMelo makes up for that with getting a career-high 15 assists, just dumb passing last night. But also, he finishes seven of ten from two-point range. He had a tough physical and one opportunity last night. Like, what you see from LaMelo is different areas and where he's starting to figure some stuff out at a much higher superstar level, and it's a beautiful thing to see. I want to go to the other part of the future with the Charlotte Hornets. Miles Bridges 
He took over in the fourth quarter last night. What an amazing performance from him. We'll talk about some of the things that are clicking with him mentally, but not before we talk about NBA Top Shot. It's the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading cards, part stock market, part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, binders, all that stuff from the 19th century. Their 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace lets you scroll through all of your favorite players and teams. Once you find the moment you've been looking for, you can buy it in just a couple clicks. Now, I hear all the time, why would I buy something that I could just watch on YouTube for free? And I can tell those people that it's not about watching a highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. And owning NBA Top Shot moments can get you access to unbuyable, once-in-a-lifetime experiences. For example, last year, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to Phoenix for a Game 5 of the NBA Finals just for having Phoenix Suns moments in their collections. The following week, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to New York for the NBA Draft, and those collectors got to have dinner with four future first-round picks the night before they were drafted and play basketball with New York Knicks' Obi Toppin. I don't think buying just a normal card pack is going to let you do that. If you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start getting yourself a starter pack, you can pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron or KD or star rookies like Kate Cunningham or Evan Mobley for $9. Head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. Let's talk about Miles Bridges. Gordon Hayward, are the Charlotte Hornets learning how to play without him? As my Once Upon a Time co-host Nada said on Twitter last night, we'll discuss that coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Part one of the Charlotte Hornets future was featured in segment one. Now we'll go to part two with Miles Bridges. And it's interesting because Miles Bridges, somebody we've been talking about a little more. I see that people are looking more to the offseason, how to get better. Even though this season's not over yet, they clinched a play-in spot last night. So, You don't have to worry about Washington sneaking up from behind to catch him like a Jose Alvarado. The Charlotte Hornets are in, and it's all about what seeding is going to take place for them. So they are going to have an opportunity to play a playoff series. But I know people are starting to look at the offseason. How does this team get better? And question number one, by far, the most important question we are going to have is, how is the Miles Bridges process going to play out? He is a restricted free agent. Whatever offer he gets out there from another team, the Charlotte Hornets have the ability to match. And Hornets can keep him, but he's going to get a lot of money. And that's going to eat more into the payroll, which means they're not going to have cap space to go out and really bring in a crazy free agent. And it's why I've asked about trading Gordon Hayward, because that's going to be a lot more real thing for this team. And we'll see about Terry Rozier. But clearly, question number one is what's going to happen with Miles Bridges? How much money is he going to make? Because if you've seen what Miles has done here recently, the guy's been on fire. 11 of 15 from the field last night. He goes 4-4 from deep, and his three-point shot is what struggled the most this season. If you look at the month of March, he's shooting 41.2% from deep. 
that was the only thing that was missing from Miles. And defensively, he still has his lapses. I don't want to get it too twisted. But when you're playing this well offensively, he's averaging 22 on the month. But if you go back and look at the last four games, he hadn't scored anything less than 24 points. I, Miles is attacking at a high level too. Like, here's the thing that I think is great about Miles Bridges. After the game against the Denver Nuggets, where they lost 113-109, he came into the media room, spoke with everybody, and said, I feel like I settled for three-point shots, made it easier on the Nuggets' defense, I did an attack, and that could have contributed to the loss. I settled for too many three-point shots. In that game, he goes two of ten. Hurt him. You know, that hurt the Hornets for sure. What does he do in the very next game? He only shoots four. He makes all four of them. He attacks, and he ends up with a 73% field goal percentage. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that every single day of the week. Not to mention, a lot of those points came in the fourth quarter, especially when it was winning time. Here's James Borrego speaking about Miles Bridges after the game. Well, I think we're all getting used to Miles playing this way in the fourth quarters. You know, he's a big game player, um, steps up in the fourth quarter. He's not afraid of the moment. Mello, not afraid of the moment. And these are young individuals. These are young men that are stepping into these moments, making big shots, big plays, unfazed, unrattled by the moment. That's great for our program moving forward. Uh, this growth you're seeing uh, by these young men. His fourth quarter was absolutely bananas last night. Let's go to Sam Purley. Follow him on Twitter at Sam underscore Purley, a friend of the show. Here's his tweet. So Miles Bridges, 14 fourth quarter points last night, all came consecutively between the 330 mark and the 57 second mark. And it's tied for the second most fourth quarter points in his career. He did credit Stathead for that. He also said the Hornets bench outscored New York last night, which James Brago gave a shout out to 42 to 20. Charlotte had 39 assists. We already played that soundbite. That's tied for the second most in any game this season. They had 41, I believe, against the Pelicans to start that five-game win streak. Like, you kind of look at that first Pelicans game as a point in which everything started to click for the Charlotte Hornets, which was a beautiful thing. That loss to the Boston Celtics, and then, boom, you beat the Pelicans. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Losing to the Knicks, losing to the Denver Nuggets. The Knicks was the only bad loss. I, I still, you know, the Denver Nuggets, they could have done some things differently. They could have hit more shots, but I'm not going to kill them for that Denver Nuggets loss. My, it was insane. Miles checks in at like the five-minute mark, if I'm not mistaken. I've got the lineup here. Yeah, Miles Bridges, he, he, so he checks in at the 745 spot. He doesn't hit a shot until the 330 mark. So it's not even like the fourth quarter in its entirety, Miles was going crazy. He doesn't hit a bucket until 330. And he checked in at 745. And Miles just took over. Uh, this team, those two players, that's what's so fun to watch. And I think this is what kind of translates into the question how the Charlotte Hornets are playing without Gordon Hayward. I know a lot of people are tired of me. I, I've seen this at least a few times. I don't know if it's just the loud few or whatever, but I know a lot of people are frustrated with the lack of availability of Gordon Hayward, and they don't like him when he's on the court anyway. Gordon Hayward is still, to me, a pretty good basketball player, but my former co-host, Nada, if you're an OG, if you listen to this podcast for a while now, you know Nada really well. Follow him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. He tweeted out, I think the Hornets are evolving to the point where they don't need Gordon Hayward. And I've kind of been getting that feeling, too, with how they've been playing here recently. 
They've been playing really well. In the fourth quarter, that's the kind of time where you might want Gordon Hayward to score in a half-court set. But Miles Bridges is being more aggressive. Lamelo was hitting shots. I think both of those guys starting to figure some things out offensively is allowing them to win some games and figure out how to beat these opposing defenses with other guys filling in in spot moments. You had Kelly Oubre. He had a shot. We'll get to him in just a moment. He hit a field goal in the fourth quarter. P.J. Washington hit a couple of big buckets in the fourth quarter. LaMelo had seven himself. He goes three of five in the fourth quarter. You know about Terry Rozier, as Doug would say, certified gamer. They're starting to figure it out. And what's interesting to me is the fact that Kelly Oubre, he had a good game in this one. So he was fantastic. I've been hard on him here recently. It's because he's been shooting so poorly, and I don't think he provides a lot on the defensive end. But 8 of 11, 4 of 7 from 3, awesome stuff, Kelly. Like, it, it's good to see him get hot, kind of like what we saw in the first half of the season. 21 points total for Kelly Oubre. Even gave you five rebounds. He was finishing inside. He had the three-point ball going for him. So great to see Kelly get hot again. It's funny. I feel like he is the wild card in a play-in scenario if Kelly has one of asterisk those and asterisk games then they're indestructible if Kelly has one of those oh okay we're just gonna go for seven threes tonight and shoot 60 percent from the field all right good luck beating them that's it and it's crazy to see that besides this game right that the Charlotte Hornets have been able to win all of these contests without Gordon Hayward and without Kelly even playing all that well, for the most part. It's why I've been talking about Gordon Hayward lately in regards to trading him, like asking what his trade value is. Because the Hornets are figuring things out to the point where when he comes back, I, I mean, he's kind of gearing more towards being a luxury when he's available than a necessity. And that's a, that's a great thing to see for this young team that is starting to develop and grow. If you can get something in high return, like could you trade Gordon Hayward making as much money as he is with the lack of availability that he's demonstrated the last couple of years, what are you getting? Like 80 cent on the dollar? Can you get 100? Is there a team that values Gordon that much to the point where you think you could get 100 cent on the value or 100 cent on the dollar? Great. Let's go ahead and do that. It's why I was a fan of trading him for Miles Turner despite his injury history too. Because he's on a better contract. Miles Turner, also just a way better defensive player than anybody the Hornets have right now. I mean, Miles would be excellent. And we know that they still need a big guy, as even said by LaMelo in that Slam article. We could talk about that in the last segment, too. I, I think that's the thing. Because you're going to have to pay Miles a lot of money. The thing that makes the most sense to try to create some cap flexibility, which is clear... To Mitch Kupchak, that is something he covets most, cap flexibility. He does not want to make one of these deals that restricts them. And it's a little contradictory for Mitch because Gordon Hayward, a lot of people had a problem with that contract in the first place. Uh, it didn't seem so at the time. I had, a co I had a problem with this Terry Rozier contract, and he's playing well now. We'll see if he can keep this type of play up as the years go on because he's got a lot of years left on this contract. Either way, trading Gordon Hayward, that's going to be the best way to create some kind of flexibility. Can you trade him? Can you get a talented big guy in return and then really start cooking with gas? Because then at that point, you fill a need, right? Like if LaMelo, Miles, everybody's starting to figure out how to play with one another, with a veteran on the bench, just not even playing out there on the court, go get your center. 
and starting to look really nice towards the future. I it's 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 fun to see this team play so well, man. Like I hated coming in and doing these weekday show day after day where it's just chaos. Some radio hosts, some hosts like the chaos because it brings all of this activity. I guess I should, but I just like to see the Hornets play well. It's fun. And here we are having won eight of the last ten with a real shot to maybe even get into that win and in scenario, possibly getting that eight seed. Charlotte Hornets playing the best basketball maybe they have all year long. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit about that LaMelo article that was featured in Slam. But this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, and you don't have to choose to spend up to even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new an even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Let's talk about that LaMelo Ball Slam article, that Slam interview, coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And that was also a connection of a connection because the new Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper, looks like the guy trying to defuse the bomb at the elementary school in Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I thought looked like John Hurd, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister's dad. A.K.A. Peter McAllister. I never would have got that. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Let's talk about that LaMelo Ball slam article. It was an interview had by Franklin Cal, I I believe is how you pronounce it. Maybe Callie, C-A-L-L-E. And it was really good. I advise you to go check it out. It was just dropped yesterday. Uh, it was about LaMelo, how he got ready for the NBA lifestyle. How LaVar really helped him get ready for this lifestyle. Kind of how LaMelo grew up. Always wanting to hang out with the older kids, specifically the friends of his older brothers, Lonzo and Leangelo. How they would have movie nights, but LaMelo never wanted to invite his own friends, really. The friends that were his age, if you will. He always wanted to invite Lonzo's friends and Leangelo's friends. He just grew up a little different than his older brothers because... Obviously, his older brothers aren't as young as Melo is. You know, how LaMelo was playing guys that were way older than him and how that got him ready to be the basketball player he is. It also really featured his overseas play, specifically hanging out in Lithuania. Like, you're really isolated. He's sleeping on beds. He said, I'm not talking about my feet hanging off the bed. I'm talking about my calves hanging off the bed. And how that kind of provided a sole focus on basketball for him. So there's a lot of really cool stuff in this, but let's go to the last quote because a lot of people are trying to make a big deal out of this. Like, I understand why I can't quite get there with these last two paragraphs and slam ends on this. So here's the quote from LaMelo in this interview quote, when they really put them keys in my hand, I feel like it's going to be a whole new situation, but until then I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. Just try to get these wins. I ain't going to lie. Every game, I feel like I can do more than what I'm doing. It's just about reading the whole game and reading the whole situation and everybody being on the same page, the consistency part. 
all that once all that clears, I feel like we'll be straight. Then he would go on to talk about the roster a little bit. He said, quote, the season isn't successful until you win a championship, but it's also pretty much always about being better than the last year. So last year we were in the play-in. This year, hopefully we get in the playoffs, win a first round, something like that. Just keep going up from there. I just feel like we're a big away. Here's the part. Quote, I'll repeat it. Quote, I just feel like we're a big away, meaning a big player of center. One that can clog up the whole paint, rebound, put that blank in my hands and let me rock. That's how I be feeling. And then we're going to be straight. So I don't know. I've, I've seen a couple people have problems with this. And I don't know if it's the loud minority. I don't know if there's a lot of people. It's certainly an interesting comment, though, that we're, that's worth looking at. So if we go to when they really put them keys in my hand, I feel like it's going to be a whole new situation. I feel like that's happening more and more as the season goes on. His minutes are up. His usage is fantastic. You see the 15 dimes. You see him shooting a lot more threes. You see them allowing that to happen. You know, LaMelo is one of those guys that's never satisfied with his play, right? Like, he's he's feeling himself. He's 100% confident. But LaMelo could go out there and have a crazy nice stat line, and he'll always say, yeah, I just want to get better in every facet of the game. He says that all the time, which is great. It's fantastic for LaMelo. It's fantastic for his fans and the Charlotte Hornets as a result, too. So I don't know if he's saying, I want the keys more in my hand because they just keep it away from me. Maybe at one time, and look, to be fair, actually, we can go back to this interview happening during the downward spiral of the season for Charlotte. So this thing was released before they had this hot streak, winning the last uh, eight of the last 10 games. So this was actually before they started to turn the ship around. So maybe, you know, you can start to read into this a little more, and I think it's kind of been fixed by that point. So, yeah, maybe LaMelo is saying I should have the keys in my hands a little bit more. Maybe you were trying to rely too much on Terry. But, again, LaMelo is starting to be among the leaders of the minutes, right, like the top two. He's logging a lot. And then we can go to the roster part. We said, I feel like we're a big away. It Look, like, we've all seen this, man. No, no Everybody's been saying they're a big away. It is the most surface-level analysis watching the Charlotte Hornets. Everyone knows that they have needed a center for quite a while. James Borrego said as much last year, and we also all understand that Mason Plumlee isn't the answer, Montrez Harrell isn't the answer long-term. I love what Montrez Harrell has provided to this team. Mason has played better recently. Like, I'm going to give him his credit. I was hard as hell on him for a long time, and he's still not great. But, like, he's gotten better. And so we can acknowledge that and also understand they do not have their long-term center on the roster unless Kai Jones really starts to develop. I think we're starting to figure out Nick Richards isn't going to be that guy. James Borrego tried to play him early, and it just never happened. JT Thor isn't your center, I don't think. I think he can play center, but he's somebody that isn't going to be your traditional rim protector. JT Thor is nice. I, I love the potential that he has, but I, I think we all kind of get the idea. Yeah, he's not the guy to play that spot. So we'll see exactly what the Hornets do. But I think LaMelo's right. I think we all agree with LaMelo. Nobody disagrees with him. I think he's just keeping it real. Go check that out. Slam article, slam interview with LaMelo Ball that was released yesterday. And uh, it's really good. A lot of really cool things in there about just how LaMelo is, his style what he's about, 
getting his Lamborghini in high school when he was at 16, like having a shoe deal. So like when when you have some of the things that come with the NBA lifestyle hit you at age 20, maybe for the first time for every other player, Lamelo's like, I've been had that, <laughs> which is it, it's, it's something I never thought about before. Like LeVar did have LaMelo ready for that lifestyle to where he, everything is just cool at that point. Like, all right, this is awesome, but I've been had this since I was 16. Go check that out, man. Really cool to read about the superstar, the king of the Queen City, as it's mentioned. And uh, we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, tomorrow. Hopefully, Doug Branson will join me. David Walker, I, sh- I think we should be having a fun Friday. So hopefully all that comes about tomorrow. I know you miss him. He misses you, too. Doug Branson, hopefully David Walker as well, will be joining us for a fun Friday to close out the week. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen, second listen. Just thanks for listening to us at this point. Appreciate you putting up everything that you did throughout this week. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.